Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. As my students uh, at our school have just learned this week, every Mass has a name, and its name is taken from the first few words in Latin from the introit. And today, uh, the fourth Sunday of Lent, is a special Mass uh, called Latare Sunday, taken from that first word of the introit and phrase, which begins, rejoice, Latare, rejoice. Rejoice, O Jerusalem, and come together. All ye that love her, rejoice for joy, all ye that have mourned. We are now just a few days past the midmark of Lent. I think Thursday was the middle of Lent this past Thursday. And Mother Church feels like we should have a small break today from our penitential morning. So we hear the organ today. We have flowers on the altar. We are in rose vestments. I know you think you see violet, but you do not. It's really rose. (laughs) Um, And we hear the gospel this morning of the feeding of the 5,000. Besides uh, today be called Lotare Sunday, it's also known as Rose Sunday, which is a little bit lost on us at the moment, but use your imagination. not just because of the rose vestments that we are wearing, um, but there is also tradition uh, dating back to antiquity, really probably as far back as the 8th century, certainly by the 9th or 10th century for sure, where the Bishop of Rome would bless a beautifully and very expensive elaborate handcrafted pure gold rose that was hammered out and made there every year this rose would be formed in gold. And there would be this elaborate ceremony and blessing, and he would carry it from one church to another, riding on a horse. And anyway, it was a, it was a day of joy, and this was done on Latara Sunday. And I presume the rose vestments maybe came, you know, subsequent to the blessing and the ceremony surrounding this rose. But this rose was meant to help us, in the middle of Lent, sort of help us take take us a pause from our penitential morning and look past all of that and look to the resurrection, which is to come in our joyous celebration at Pascha. And there's many sermons actually preached on the significance of this beautiful rose as a symbol of the risen Christ. And I won't read it to you this morning, but there's also a beautiful, the blessing over this rose is very beautiful as well. But besides all of that, this day being sort of a, a, a glance at the joy that awaits us at Pascha, this also shows up uh, because of the, our gospel lesson chosen for today, with the feeding of the 5,000, which is also a theme of joy and provision, taken from John chapter 6. Now, the, we often refer to this story as the feeding of the 5,000, but it says 5,000 men. That's besides women and children. 
So, you know, it might have been eight, nine, ten thousand, who knows, at least. This miracle, it's a wonderful miracle, it's an extravagant miracle, large scale miracle. <laughs> it's an example of divine, as we would say in Abruzzo, abbondanza. <laughs> divine abbondanza. Now, this word uh, is, is used among the Abruzzes in particular. And it means far more than just abundance. I heard this word growing up all the time. It means more than abundance. It's, it's an overflowing richness, an overflowing of bounty that cannot be contained. It's a fullness beyond measure. And if you ever go to have like, you know, a nice seven-course meal in Abruzzo, you'll know what I mean. It's ridiculous. It's obscene. There's no way you can eat it all. And that's the whole point. They want, they want you to have to walk away or they want to roll you away from the table with still there enough food to feed a small army. God, God provides this great abundance, this great bounty for those he came to save. And it is more than we can imagine or contain. And this miracle is really kind of about that. You know, we experience God's abundant provision in our lives in many ways. We could, we could list, we could spend all day giving thanks to God for all of the things he does for us on a daily basis, just for the joy of his creation. What a beautiful day we have today, the joy of spring, the joy of, you know, thunderstorms, the joy and the beauty of his creation, the joy of the relationships we share, the mystery of our own self-consciousness, um, the joy of philosophy and knowledge, all of the things he provides for us. He provides our needs, our necessities. He provides healing in our life. Many, many different things that we are to be grateful for to God and see his abundant provision. But this miracle, this particular miracle, as it is told to us by the Apostle John in his gospel, is a symbol not just of all of that provision. It is a symbol of something very specific, a very specific provision that far exceeds all of these other ways in our life that God provides for us. John gives us an important detail when he tells us here that the, the point at which Jesus did this miracle, he says the time of Passover was near. The time of Passover was near. If it's not already obvious to the Christians reading this, that this is a symbolical miracle pointing to the Eucharist, this little point that he makes, this little detail that he includes, reinforces the point. That this miracle is a symbol of the Eucharist, of the holy sacrament of Christ's body and blood. That is the abundant provision that it points to. It's not so much about God giving you your dream job or, you know, I don't know, healing you of some ailment or providing you with a nice vacation this year. All of that is nice. Sometimes he does those things. Sometimes he doesn't. And God does all of these wonderful things in our life for what we give him thanks. And we rejoice and we praise. But sometimes we don't get healed. And sometimes we can't make the payment. And sometimes we have to skip the beach. <laughs> Sometimes God doesn't come through with some of these kinds of provisions. 
But that's not what our rejoicing is really deeply about. Not as it is pointed to in this miracle. The real miracle of abundant provision of God that he promises, which will never fail, will never run out, and is far more extravagant and awesome than any of these other examples of God's work and grace in our life, as wonderful as they are, is when he feeds us with the very immortal body and blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He takes our meager gifts of bread and wine, and he receives them on the heavenly altar. He receives them eternally, ever-present. Every Mass, there is only one Mass, that is present in all the masses that are said every day throughout the world, every week, every year, every century, for these 2,000 years, how many masses, how many offerings of Christ have been presented to the Father? Just one. Just one. He is not crucified again and again. He is crucified once. And his death and the offering of his life to the Father on our behalf is being made ever-present for us in every Mass. And it never runs out. Just as the baskets, you know, were filled up. And the five loaves and the two fish never ran out. They just kept giving and giving to this multitude. These holy mysteries that we feed on, we feed on the body and blood of Christ and ourselves become immortal. This really, this really is the source of our deepest rejoicing. And that's why the church brings this passage today, pointing to uh, Passover, to Pascha. This is the way the church says that we are to ultimately realize our joy. This is something that can never be taken from us. I mean, we may not get to go on vacation this year. We might not be healed of the sickness that we so desperately want to be healed of. We might not be able to, you know, get into the college we want to go to or get our dream job. But one thing God provides us that is absolutely sure and constant as the sun is the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And that is the source of our joy. You know, this is also seen in Holy Week. Holy Week is obviously a very somber, very somber time. We think of Good Friday and Holy Week. It's a day of mourning, day of repentance, a day of sobriety and being very somber in black vestments. But you know what comes right before Good Friday? Monday, Thursday. And we are in white. It's a little shocking to us during Holy Week. We say, oh, this is odd. We're in white on Monday, Thursday because that's the day when the Eucharist, when Christ the, of the Last Supper. This is the day when the Eucharist was instituted. And that is the chief celebration on that night is the Eucharist. And so we are in white and the bells ring. And even in Holy Week, the church recognizes this is the chief joy of the church. This is our joy. It is the center of our joy. It is the rock. The unassailable rock of our joy is the Eucharist of offering the sacrifice of Christ to the Father in the Mass. In fact, the church uh, feels so strongly about this, not only are we celebrating oddly in Holy Week in this way on Monday, Thursday? She feels like we can't really adequately express our joy because it is Holy Week as much as we try and we have Good Friday coming next. So we need another day to celebrate this and that's what Corpus Christi is all about. 
So we have another day to celebrate our joy in the reception of Christ in the sacrament of his body and blood. This is outside of Lent, so we can really cut loose. And we have a procession. And in the old days, these processions were really extravagant. I mean, they took all day. In the urban areas, they would go through the entire city. There would be millions of flowers and petals. And, uh, you know, it just was, they really went all out for these celebrations of Corpus Christi. If we somehow do not feel satiated in this life, if we somehow feel like there's some kind of emptiness or something missing, or we're like grasping at something, it's because we're trying to find our fullness and our satiation in the wrong places. There is one place to find it, and that is in the worship of God and the offering of the sacrifice of the Mass and in our prayer and praise which attend to that through our daily prayer. That is the source of our joy. All the other stuff that God might bless us with or might not bless us with is just, you know, icing on the cake. If it comes, thank God. If it doesn't come, thank God. He is the source of our joy. So what do you do with that? How do you live in that? How do you make that a reality for yourself? I don't think the answer to that question is all that complicated. So I think I'll just leave it to you to figure out this morning. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.